Hey, Drimbus fans. It's your pal, Michael Pisani here. Do you love laughing? And do you love Dungeons and Dragons? Well, that seems a silly question, since you're here with us. So why not lend your ears to Dum Dums and Dragons, a podcast where professional improvisers and comedians play Dungeons and Dragons for the first time. Every Monday, join a trio of heroic Dum Dums, including Quinny, a thief who broke out of prison by serving his full sentence. Alan, a wizard who constantly forgets magic has consequences. And their mutual friend, Butthole, a priest of Moonhammer, the god of strength, joy, and flatulence. Travel alongside these unlikely heroes as they battle monsters, start unions, and adopt wolves with humor, heart, and professional-grade comedy skills. You can listen to Dum Dums and Dragons everywhere hilarious podcasts can be found. And as a special treat from us, here's the first episode for you. Enjoy. Welcome to Dum Dums and Dragons, uh, the latest podcast by the crazy people who also make Garbage Town, the movie podcast. Uh, what we do here is we play Dungeons and Dragons uh, with uh, some dummies, uh, is the whole thing, and one smart person. Uh, <laughs> I'm Ryan LaPlante, one of the regular players. I'm here with Tyler Hewitt, one Hello, of the other regular everybody. players. And our third regular player and the smart one of the three of us, Laura, along with the god of this uh, Dungeons and Dragons universe, Tom Truly McGee. Truly a, a dark, dark universe <laughs> if I'm the deity you've chosen. <laughs> oh boy, it's a very Star Wars filled universe. Uh, hey everybody, yeah, so uh, my name's Tom McGee and you'll be hearing lots of me because I'll be uh, dungeon mastering this uh, <laughs> crazy, wacky, whimsical bullshit adventure. Yeah, so we're all relatively new, not Tom, but the rest of us are relatively new players to Dungeons and Dragons, so we're taking this journey for the first time together and we're going to be bringing other comedians along uh, in the future on the way, so we're just going to try to have some fun to do this. For those of you who haven't played Dungeons & Dragons, uh, it's sort of an analog video game where mm. uh, we are characters who get to make the decisions that we're making. Tom is God. He decides what everyone else in the entire universe is doing uh, and whether or not we succeed. And dice rolls are used to show chance. If you're hearing anything visual that we mention, uh, we have an Instagram that'll be covering that. Please uh, enjoy. And Tom, why don't you walk us into our first adventure? Welcome to the very first episode of Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world that is Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. Introduced in this first episode are our three central heroes, a half-elf wizard played by the brilliant Laura Hamstra, a halfling rogue played by the sneaky Tyler Hewitt, and a human cleric played by the flatulent Ryan Laplante. Follow them as they begin their quest with DM Tom McGee, on Dom Doms and Dragons. They've always said that it's a really bad idea to owe Carmine Falstaff a favor. And unfortunately for the three of you, over the course of your adventures, no matter what your walks of life, all of you have come to owe Carmine Falstaff a favor. Now, Carmine's a man of business. He's known around uh, the town of Neverwinter. It's a very large city in, uh, in the Forgotten Realms, very famous for people who've played Neverwinter video games. Mm. Now, all of you are level one, so you're, you're still, you're better than the average person, but you're not superheroes. So he's got he's got a pretty reasonable job for you, a pretty reasonable offer, but he is going to require your services. Mm. So he's gathered the three of you at the Upside Down Hat Tavern, which is a kind of small, in uh, modern terms, would be like a kind of hipster prohibition dive bar where everything's served in jars. Upside Down Hat sounds hipster. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah. go. The three of you are just waiting. Um, you know, his uh, one of his major domos has welcomed you in. He's offered you all a beverage of your choice. Uh, and you're sitting at sort of uh, a large round wooden table. Looks like it's reclaimed, but very professionally <laughs> built. Okay, yeah. Uh, and you're currently waiting for Carmine. Uh, the three of you are sitting around a table. You've got your drinks. Uh, and you realize that you don't really know each other. So it might be a good time for you to introduce yourselves, both to the people listening at home and to each other. Hey, guys. I'm just going to break the silence of us sitting at this big restored round table here. <laughs> oh, oh, hey. Hey. Figured I'd introduce myself. My name's uh, Quinny Brownbarrel. As you can see, I'm a, I'm a halfling rogue. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He actually... Uh, I'm a level one halfling rogue. So feel free in terms of describing your characters to do it both in and out of character. Okay, yeah. Quinny, um, he's got a bit of a checkered past. Um, he's been to prison before, uh, but there is no prison that can hold Quinny Brownbarrow, at least 
the one prison that he got out of <laughs> uh, after serving his full term. I couldn't hold him after that. Uh, uh, yeah, so he's, he's run into trouble with the law, which is actually kind of where his favor to Carmine kind of comes into play. Uh, Carmine got him out of a bit of trouble a little while ago. Uh, and so, you know, he really doesn't want to have to owe this guy any longer than he does. Uh, so that's what brings Quinn here today. He's like happy to get this red ink, I guess, as they say, out of his ledger. All right. I down my entire beer. Do I have to roll a die for that? Or is that <laughs> no, no, no. Cool? It's, uh, <laughs> just like, it's just like, I cough it all over yeah, myself. Like a critical, for that. critical failure. Yeah. I'm choking. Uh, no. That's the shortest lived character of any Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> That's a great person. first impression. So I, I, I down my entire beer and I, I slam the, uh, the jar on the table gently, but still loud enough uh, to be shocking. And I yell, I am butthole farch. Loyal servant of the god Moonhammer. Seriously? And I am here <laughs> because Carmine Falstaff told me that I owed him a favor. <laughs> I don't remember it, but he seems like a good dude. So that's why I'm here. I, oh, for the record, I'm like six foot four. I'm like 240 pounds. Uh, just a giant, <laughs> like scale mail wearing guy with a warhammer strapped to his back. Okay, cool. Just a big beefy dude. All right. Hi. Hi, uh, Quinny and uh, Butthole. <laughs> yep, that's the name. Don't wear it out. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so my- Actually, you can say it all you want. You're cool. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah. You can't wear out a butthole. <laughs> anyway. I'm trying. Oh, God. <laughs> Anyways, my name's Alan. I'm a, I'm a half-elf. I like to, to focus on, on the fact that there is another half to that, not, not just an elf. Okay. Half-human as well. Oh, right on. Um, so I, I've actually, uh, a short time ago, left my home, uh, unbeknownst to uh, any of my family or community, looking, looking for adventure. Uh, I've lived a fairly sheltered uh, life in, in terms of real-world uh, experiences, but I've done a lot of study in, in the temple. I'm a, I like to think of myself as a pretty proficient wizard, maybe help out with some magic or something. But uh, I... Uh, I found myself uh, within the first few days kind of struggling a little bit about where to go. And I knew that I had a community, there was a, a temple in Neverwinter. And so I went there and uh, looking for some help and, and ran into Carmine and thought he was going to help me out and, and offer me some, uh, some shelter and some food and supplies. But uh turns out he wasn't really on the side of the temple. So now I find... Uh, Instead of, you know, this free ride I was hoping for, I owe him one. Uh, so as you say that, uh, another beer uh, uh, in a jar appears in front of you. Um, your empty glass is swept away um, by uh, a, a tall, thin elf who you think is perhaps the most butlery person you've ever seen. Like, this elf was born to buttle. Just, you know, perfect manners, immaculate, uh, fantasy equivalent of a tuxedo, little white gloves, uh, and presents another beer for you. Oh, man. Thanks, dude. Have you heard of the god Moonhammer? Uh, no, sir, but I'm sure the god Moonhammer is most excellent. Enjoy your drink. Oh, and then thanks. he disappears. Guys, I really like this butler. <laughs> <laughs> this place is amazing. And just as you say that, um, uh, sort of a large door opens at the back, uh, opened by the butler, of course, and in comes Carmine Falstaff. Uh, now, Carmine Falstaff, uh, despite running what you've kind of come to gather is perhaps a vaguely shady syndicate, uh, is actually very immaculately well-dressed. He's wearing a very fine robe, uh, and he has a large ring that he keeps fiddling with on his uh, his middle finger. And he comes in, he's like, oh, welcome, adventurers. I see you found the place okay. Has Fiddlesworth been taking good care of you? Fiddlesworth? Oh, yes, Fiddlesworth. That wasn't his original name. I thought it sounded more butlery. Yeah, yeah, he's been taking pretty good care of us. Okay, good, 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 good job, Fiddlesworth. Fiddlesworth kind of goes, hmm. So uh, Carmine comes to join you, um, and he, he sort of waves to uh, one of the other uh, bartenders who comes over with another chair. He says, thank you all so much for, for, for joining me today and for, uh, for coming to make good uh, on your favors, especially you, Butthole, after all I, I've done for you, specifically you. Remember that time? You remember, right? I, it, life, life changing, my friend. Good man, good man. If there's man. one thing I know... It's a good friend would never tell another person who can't really remember him that he owes him a favor if he didn't. And that's Absolutely. why I'm here. Because yep, yep. I owe you. And and I appreciate that. Hail Moonhammer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, see, this is why we get along, guys. This guy loves Moonhammer. It's all about Moonhammer. Uh, and my good friend, Quinny. 
How could I forget my good pal, Quinny? Uh, the local constabulary hasn't been giving you any more trouble, I trust? No, no. Thank you for that, Carmine. And no, yeah, you're welcome. Let's oh. get this out of the way so oh, we can... Oh. Uh, well, uh, we will get down to it then. Um, Gundren, you can come in now. Uh, you, so behind him, like a, a very business-like, very kind of distracted, excitable dwarf just kind of comes bursting in. And he's got a bunch of papers in his hand. You can see he's fully prepared for a trip on the road. Like he's, you know, strapped up. He's got his gear on. He's got riding boots on. He's got a pack over his back. And he kind of rushes over. Uh, he's offered, uh, Fiddlesworth offers him a jar. He just, you know, no, 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 no time, no time, no time. Um and uh, behind him comes sort of a, a tall, sort of, you know, in his 60s-ish, you know, gray, but in, in good shape. He looks like a, uh, he's, he's led a, a good life of adventuring. Um, so it's tall, gray-haired gentleman in um, sort of light metal armor that uh, looks almost almost more ceremonial now than, uh, than useful, uh, particularly to your eye butthole. You're like, this, it seems like it would be okay, but it's, it's almost like... Um, it, it almost presents as um, decorative. Thank you. Decorative. You get one XP. Um, <laughs> he's writing it down. Oh, I'm yeah, making oh, it up. No, no, please do. It means he will level up one XP faster than the rest of you. God damn um, it. I notice it too. <laughs> <laughs> too late, Quinny. Uh, and uh, does anybody have history as a skill? If, if you think your character would, would be the kind who's, like, observing things going, hmm, that might have historical value. <laughs> oh, fuck I no. Am, I am 100% yes, into that. Yes, I think that. you would oh, yeah. Quinny's that. not much of an antiques roadshow guy, so <laughs> I don't think he's going to be Nine plus three, so I got a 12. So, Alan, you recognize the insignia uh, from some of your studies as the emblem of the famous Griffin Cavalry of the great city of Waterdeep. You've never been to Waterdeep, but you get the sense that um, perhaps he, he doesn't look like he serves now, but that at one point he would have served uh, in this cavalry. So uh, he just kind of takes a place by the door, um, and Carmine says, allow me to introduce Gundren Rockseeker of the Rockseeker brothers. You've heard of them? No. And Gundren's like, of course they haven't heard of them. Don't don't try those games with them. And Carmine's like, oh, you know me so well. But yeah, Moonhammer though, am I right? Oh, you're right, buddy. The two of you get the sense that Carmine seems to act like he knows a lot about a lot of stuff, but probably knows a very little about a lot of stuff. Yeah, hey, how about Moonhammer, Carmine? What's your favorite thing about him? My favorite thing is the kind of loyalty and good values and good clericking that Moonhammer inspires and in people like my friend Butthole here. Yeah, thank you so much. Actually, it's a she. Moonhammer is a she god. Interesting. I didn't know that, but you should have known that, right, Carmine? Oh, well, I don't see gender, you know. I'm a very, very uh, advanced medieval character. Also, everyone's a he. Uh, <laughs> I object. Carmine gradually fades away from the table and goes to talk to Fiddlesworth. You see a couple of, like, gestures going on, and you're concerned that maybe, maybe Carmine's not too happy about being caught out. Uh, Gundren, on the other hand, is pretty excited just to be talking to you okay. guys. That felt really uh, good for Quinny, by the way. So I, I, <laughs> I chug the rest of the beer that's in front of me, slam it back down, lean forward, and turn to Gundren, and I speak Dwarvish. So I say in Dwarvish, Hey, bro, I really like those boots. Oh, I, I, I thank you. Thank you. They're my best riding boots. Good for riding, so I'm told. <laughs> Dwarf on a horse, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, dumb. In any case, um, <laughs> he drops back out of Dwarven and addresses the three of you. So he's like, I'm so glad that uh, you have decided to join the expedition. It's going to be spectacular. My brothers and I are very excited about what we've been able to uncover. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. And he, like, pounds some papers and, like, you get the sense that he's just really, he's very excited but also very scatterbrained. He doesn't seem to really want to convey too much information to you. Um, so he says, uh, my uh, my compatriot here, Sildar Hallwinter and I, will be going on ahead. Uh, you know where we're going, yes? 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 Nope. nope. Oh, where are we going? Uh, Carmine. Okay. Uh, we are creating a new excavation near the town of Phandalin. Uh, it's a small, rough-and-tumble frontier town, a few days' ride south of Neverwinter. Are there humans there? Oh, there are humans everywhere, of course. Damn tall humans. They're always reaching things I can't reach. Preach. <sighs> right, you know. Yeah. I like this guy. I just lean back a little bit awkwardly <laughs> as a human who's incredibly tall. <laughs> no, I bear, I bear no ill will. No ill will. I just... I wish I could reach the cookies on the top shelf, and I never can. It's a problem. I'll pick you up and hold you for it. I think you and I are going to be fast friends. And he laughs, and he calls for another round of ale. Doesn't call for one for himself, though, because you get the sense he's in a bit too much of a hurry. And I lean over to Quinny, and I'm like, guys, I really like this dwarf. <laughs> uh, so, uh, 
my compatriot Sildar and I will head there in advance. We've got some preparations to do. My brothers are also getting things underway. What I require from the three of you is to help protect a caravan of supplies that we'll be sending south. Uh, just the usual basics for an excavation, but uh, Fandolin isn't a particularly well-equipped town. I want to make sure we have the best of the best for such an unprecedented new dig. So, what I require you to do, as you know, the roads here can be somewhat dangerous from time to time. Uh, I require the three of you to protect the wagon from here to Fandolin. You will deliver it, and upon delivery, you will each be rewarded ten gold pieces. And he kind of looks at all of you like, isn't that an outrageously large amount of money for this simple task? Uh, I'm kind of down with getting paid ten gold pieces because this was supposed to be just a favor, but if I'm getting paid, I mean, hey, can, can we do a little better than ten? He kind of looks at you like, what, favor? You mean you do this for free? There's such goodness in your heart, friend halfling. Ah, oh, free it is then. Oh, what a good man. Good man. You've got good people, Carmine. Carmine's still grumbling, but like, you know, just, you know, men men's have rights too, you know. I look over at Alan as the smart guy and I'm like, what? But like with my eyes. Like, I don't say what because that's rude, but like, well, I'm thinking it real hard though. Yeah, I finish my beer and I'm like, buy me another beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Carmine, another beer for the man. Fiddlesworth goes and pours you another pint of ale. God damn it. Now, all of you have skills and abilities you can use. If you feel this negotiation is going poorly, you can attempt uh, any number of these. There's intimidate, there's charisma, persuasion. I'm going to try to charm this guy because I feel like, you know, I just lean over. I speak I speak dwarvish because, I mean, he's a dwarf. So I understand where you're coming from, my friend, because we've all got budgets that we're dealing with. But, I mean, cost of living alone, how, how long is this journey going to take us? Oh, it'll probably take you about uh, three days. Well, let's be honest. Decent cost of living is going to be at least a gold piece a day. So that's three gold pieces. That's that's just expenses. That's assuming there's no combat pay. I mean, I've served in a mercenary company. Quinny here, hardened criminal, <laughs> just a just a badass. I mean, look at him. That that dude would fuck you up in a second. I'm bringing literally the power of a god. I've saved lives. I've healed people. I've done these things. Alan, incredible magician. Fireballs from the heaven. He can crash comets into shit. He knows what's going on. And I don't want to. I don't want to speak out of turn about Sildar. Does Sildar speak Dwarvish? Well, you know, here and there, he's got a couple phrases. All right, so I lean in, quote, close, like close, and like we're on a team now. Like we're gonna be close <laughs> friends. And I'm like, his armor's pretty decorative, but I'm pretty sure if he fell down, he could die. So, just saying, if you cough up a little more dough, you get a little better work. It's like the mercenary code. Roll me a d20. Oh, 20. perfect 20. First roll of the game. Well done. Way to kick it off. Of the series? Natch yeah. 20. You're, you're going to regret that when you're like fighting a dragon three minutes from now. And it's like, ah, oh, fuck. We really shouldn't have used that 20 to earn <laughs> extra gold. Oh, man. If only chance worked that way. Why did you use your 20? Wait, you mean you didn't rig your dice? That's the first rule of D&D. <laughs> oh, no. It's like Vegas. Come on, man. Uh, that's awesome. So um, you get the sense that uh, your very convincing argument has worked. Uh, so he goes, uh, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. And really, truly, we do need these supplies. I don't want to be using flimsy Fandolin supplies when I get there. Uh, all right. I will bump it up to 15 gold pieces each, and I will cut you in to the excavation. And you said that in common? Like, I say it in like, Dwarven, too. Oh, okay. I'm just dealing with him now. Okay. Deal. And then I just shake his hand. <laughs> and then I turn to the rest of the group and I'm like, hey, I got his 15. So I do a spit take. <laughs> <laughs> and like a choke, like after choking, coughing and wheezing, I'm like, butthole, I see your value now. <laughs> Fiddlesworth comes over with a uh, delicate silk napkin and begins to mop up your spit take while staring at you with great loathing. Is he mopping like me at like my shirt and stuff? Yep. He's just helping out. Okay. I like... Fuck off for a second, <laughs> Fiddlesworth. <laughs> so he goes and stands uh, dejectedly in a corner. Carmine comes back over. Uh, so we're all agreed. Everything's good. I, I lean forward to Carmine. And I'm like, all right, so we just got a pretty good gig uh, out of my new friend Grunder here with the great boots. Uh, what's uh, what's going on with you, man? Like, what, what do you get out of this? Do you, do you need a cut of our, our cash? Or you got oh, something in the excavation? Oh, oh, oh. What's Moonstaff, no. Um, I was trying to do Heaven's No, but uh, he doesn't know where Moonstaff lives, so he just said Moon. Okay, now now we're going to have a bit of a problem here because <laughs> not the goddess Moonstaff. is Moonhammer. She's very understanding. And I would say, do you know what? Another round of drinks? We'll let that one fly because you're trying, and I appreciate that. He looks gently ashamed and says, you know... 
I spend so much time at temples because my parents never took me to any temple. And that's why I try to learn about religions. But even then I get them wrong. Moonstaff? That's half my name and half your god's name. What a foolish portmanteau. And he starts weeping onto the table as he summons more ale. I put a hand on his shoulder and I say, my friend, Moonhammer, Moonstaff, it's a god. They don't need a name to be right. They need your heart to be right. And you have the heart of a warrior. And that is why she loves you and she loves me. Let us pray together, friends. And I grab both Alan and Quinny and kind of shove them closer to him. And I just say, all of us are here together, Moonhammer. God of joy and strength and flatulence. Let us celebrate this moment together. Let us celebrate this coming together of brotherhood. And let us move forward to fart our way to glory. And uh, Fiddlesworth screams, to glory. You think you've made a convert. To glory, because I want to fit in so bad. (laughs) (laughs) I say nothing. (laughs) Uh, Gundren kind of looks at you and is like, what the fuck is... I roll my eyes and do the jerk-off motion. (laughs) Yeah. He nods and does a double jerk-off motion near his face. Oh, Um, Jesus Christ. And then uh, says, uh, well, as charming as that was, uh, I must make to the road. Uh, The wagon must reach Fandolin within four days' time. Please leave uh, tomorrow morning at your earliest convenience, and we will see you in Fandolin, where riches await. Riches upon riches! Um, And then he, uh, he burns out the door... Uh, with Sildar following very close behind and looking like he's very happy to be out of here. Uh, so Carmine kind of wipes a tear from his eye and he he looks, he, you know, puts a hand on your shoulder and says, thank you for for showing me the 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 light and grace of uh, of Moonhammer. Uh, you're welcome to stay here, make whatever preparations you need. Uh, the wagon will be awaiting the three of you. You have the rest of the evening uh, to do anything you want in Neverwinter. If there's any provisions you need to buy, anything you want to do, you're welcome to do that. Um, but uh, you get the sense that you will need to leave in the morning. What would you like to do? Hey, butthole, you want another drink with me? Hell yeah, I do. All right. In the name of Moonhammer, we shall drink these beverages. (laughs) And then I do. (laughs) Fiddlesworth brings you over some more drinks. You get the sense that Carmine's kind of left you an open tab, um, which seems nice. Um, The taste of the ale to you, butthole, is kind of, it's the house lager. You're like, this might be the slops of other beers. But Alan, having not really had too much partying experience, this is the worst and greatest beer you've ever had. Uh, Quinny, what are you doing? I'm thinking about tomorrow. I'm thinking we've got to defend a caravan and we're heading to a mine. Um, Is there any place I can go out and buy some Caltrops? Yeah. Yeah, throw off any kind of pursuers you might have or anything like that. Uh, Neverwinter is a a huge proper city, and Mm -hmm. you've been there long enough, and you're kind of a streetwise guy that, um, yeah, you'd be able to find those. I've got uh, 15 gold pieces on me right now. Um, I mean, gold gold in this realm goes pretty pretty far. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. so um, I would say you can get um, get what you need for, let's say, uh, half a gold. So would I say 14 gold and 50 silver? Like yeah, we go up to a hundred, like hundred silvers. That makes sense. Yeah, okay. we'll just treat it in okay. in human terms. Thank you. Which means, like, if we have like one hardcore D&D fan listening, they're gonna be like, "You son of a bitch! <laughs> they made rules for this." <laughs> Literally unplayable. <laughs> so that, back at the bar, having had our drinks and everything's going well, uh, I stand up on our table in the middle of this bar. Are there other people there? It's pretty busy, right? Um, it's moderately busy. Nice. All right. So I, I stand up like on our table at the bar and I use uh, thaumaturgy, which is one of my cantrips. Uh, and I make, I, can, I use it a couple times because you can do that with cantrips. Cantrips you can use as much as you Love want. Love it. I make my eyes glow. I make all the fires in the place boom up and turn bright purple. Uh, and I, I make my voice three times as loud as it normally would be. And I say, the goddess Moonhammer has spoken and demands we find who can drink the most in this bar. <laughs> I then I then immediately use prestidigitation, not wanting to be left out of this, and create a strong odor emanating <laughs> from your butt. That is foul and appropriate. 
Moonhammer's a party god. <laughs> so I get down to my table and, and gesture over that anybody who's coming around our table, we're going to get wasted. Uh, and we've got Fiddlesworth bringing beers. Yeah. So uh, Is Quinny back in time for this or is he out for this? Uh, you're out for this, but okay. uh, I think you could probably make it from the sounds of how long they're going to drink and based on the size of butthole I'll as a human, just you'll at, like, probably the right time show up and like, yep, okay. yep. I just want to note that like I am six feet tall being like half elf, <laughs> but I'm also like 145 pounds. So... <laughs> This is going to be a challenge. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's see how the let's see how the crowd feels about your. Uh, As you say, should I use charm or something to try to get the room? Oh uh, yeah, actually, you know what? Roll me roll me a, an opposed check here. We'll see what what goes down. Eight. <laughs> I sucked. <laughs> it's a very impressive display, but despite how appropriate uh, the foul stench is for the followers of Moonhammer, since you are currently the only follower of Moonhammer, everyone just assumes you just farted a bunch, and that. They, they, they don't understand that, that has anything to do with your god. So they're like, who is this smelly man? Just imagine. Um, I'm like casting stink on you and being like, thumbs up, buddy. We yeah. got this. <laughs> totally. Yep. So uh, everyone kind of nods and is like, yep, and goes back to their drinks. Someone does come over um, and he's kind of like, he's got like really st- sort of straw-like hair and he's pretty gaunt. And, you know, he's got kind of a weird growth on his neck. And he comes over and he's like, hey, guys. I hear we're getting riggedy riggedy wrecked. <laughs> and I say, yes, we are, friend. We will determine in the name of Moonhammer which of us can drink the most. Oh, boy. That sounds fun. Fun with friends. Fun with new friends. And he, like, touches each of your shoulders in a, like, weirdly inappropriate way. All right, Fiddlesworth, let's do this. All right, fun with new friends. Uh, so Fiddlesworth uh, just keeps bringing the ale. Uh, all right, so uh, I need you to both roll me a constitution check. Chuck, 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 Chuck. Ooh, 19. Oh, shit. I rolled a nine. <laughs> She's 140 pounds. So you all begin to drink uh, drink mightily. Uh, your new friend, uh, whose name is Bob, uh, Bob passes out pretty quickly. Uh, you get the sense that he was he was looking for a long, fun time, but uh, you're both drinking very, very uh, heroically. And uh, since he is not a level one adventurer, he is down for the count. Um, Fiddlesworth seems pretty happy about this. No one likes Bob. Um, so as the two of you are drinking, uh, butthole, you're like, you know what? I this is what I do. Like you, you could outdrink your mercenary company. You're a big barrel-chested dude. You're like, I got this. Yeah, and I'm acting like it's that scene in Indiana Jones. Like it's just the two of us drinking, but in my head, the whole bar is around us, like <laughs> chanting, like you can do it. Like yeah. However, what you didn't account for, and Alan, what you were surprised by uh, is the elven part of the constitution. Her constitution is actually very good. And the wine that she was raised on, despite not having the pungent power of the uh, local bar swill, was actually much higher in alcohol than anything you've been drinking. So she's pounding them back, <laughs> and she's getting full, but the alcohol just isn't having the same effect. Whereas you're, of course, at, and also everyone's cheering. And in you're, my head. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> it's a silent bar, but <laughs> in my head. Yeah. So and, much and, you know, it, and it's one of those things where it's like you are now well and truly drunk. And you're like, we're all drunk. And Alan's like, uh, yeah, woo, we're, we're doing it. And Bob's like being dragged out. Um, so, Quinny, by the time you return, um, we've got uh, Butthole is, is very flatulently passed out on the table face down. And, uh, Alan, you, you now actually have a healthy buzz going. Butthole is like visibly okay. Oh, me. he's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. He's, he's, just he, he's okay. snoring contentedly okay. yeah. um, and farting contentedly. Yeah, I'll just pull up a stool beside... Uh, Al here and uh, get myself my first drink. I just want to ask Quinny a question. Yeah, what's up? Uh, so you're like a halfling, right? Mm-hmm. And so what? Wh- 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 you're half human, right? No, I think it's half in terms of like stature, not oh, not half of. Never something. mind. Why? What's on your mind? I'm just. I just I just wanted to know uh, what wh- what is how, how how do you how do you explore your human side? Oh yeah, I don't really what have one of those. Mean? That doesn't mean anything. And this guy's passed out. I'm just gonna go to sleep. So, um, Alan, you find uh, a a particularly soft spot on uh, on the side of a uh, butthole, and uh, you you fall gently asleep. Quinny, you you are left drinking your ale uh, with passed out companions. They uh, you got anything valuable on them? <laughs> I got like five gold pieces, but that's it. I've got a total of 20 gold pieces. I think oh, that means shit. you had five gold pieces. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm also traveling with these guys for the next three days. So I also have a, a holy icon. 
I guess I'm also look. Oh yeah, what's it's, your holy icon? It's uh, it's the icon of the moon hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, it looks like a, a butt with a war hammer sticking out of the butthole. Oh, okay, and uh, like that's clear to me. Like I see that, and like this oh, is a yeah, butt no, with a war hammer. It's, in it. it's it's exactly like that. Like if you okay. want to see the picture, that's what the holy icon looks like. Okay, great. You can also see that picture uh, on our Instagram before <laughs> yeah. Instagram notices and bans it. If uh, they figure out what it is. Yeah. Nope, can't do it. I can't, shouldn't, not like, just like, very tempting, but not a good time. Maybe at the end of day three when we split ways. Uh, but good to know kind of thing. And and good to know that these guys don't have knives to put in my back. Can you roll me a, um, it can just be a straight charisma check. So, 11. It's pretty much just you mm-hmm. and Fiddlesworth now. Uh, the bartender is retired to go, like, replace the keg and do all that. And um, Fiddlesworth is, like, mopping up the, uh, the the broken jars. And you guys strike up a bit of a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, you ask him what happened. Um, and he's like, oh, it's that idiot Bob. Comes in here every day. Oh, he's looking for Bob. fun new friends. Fun new friends. All he wants, fun new friends. And he just keeps flashing that annoying smile. You know, the man has a gold tooth. How garish is that? A gold tooth. And then he drinks too much and he passes out and we have to dump him in the alleyway. It happens every goddamn week. But anyway, yes, yeah, so he passed out, broke the chair. He was drinking with your new friends, his new fun new friends. And we had to ditch him out back. <sighs> Savages. Hmm. And he leaves. He leaves? Yeah, he like goes. I mean, he's he's just he's finished cleaning up the chairs, so and I just yeah. wander around the the tavern. All right, uh, I walk directly to the back door and ask, "Hey, Fiddlesworth, you got any pliers?" Um, perhaps. What for, Fiddlesworth? I'm going to be straight with you. I'm taking that tooth. Fiddlesworth reaches behind the bar, comes out with a pair of pliers, puts it on the table. Very good, sir. Tell him Fiddlesworth says hello. <laughs> Slides him to you. I will tell him that, Fiddlesworth. Thank you. And I, I walk out the, the back All right, entrance. so you walk out into uh, the back alley. It's, uh, you know, it's now, um, it's pre-dawn. It's early okay. hours. Uh, not too many people out and about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see Bob kind of like pushed up against some garbage and, um, you know, some couple of empty barrels mm-hmm. and he's uh he's passed out he's like a, like a sort of like a little skinny gangly guy okay so like he's kind of like thrashy but uh you get the sense he's he's pretty pretty much out like a light yeah okay um i give him a smack to make sure the patient is sufficiently <laughs> doped can you roll me a strength check <laughs> <laughs> Uh, critical fail. Critical fail. Uh, that's great. Um, that weirdly ends up being good for you because if you'd hit him hard, <laughs> he would have woken up. So you reach back with all your your mighty halfling might and you just slap him across hit the him face. Hit him like a child. Um, yeah, you know, you hit his cheekbone. It really fucking hurts your hand. <laughs> like, just really, that sucked for you. Okay, that pisses me off and I use that anger to just fucking pull the tooth out. Uh, okay, give me a sleight of hand check. You're going to try and get this tooth out without... Waking, waking him, him up. up. 24. 24. Okay. So I think uh, I think this is what... How, I how take all it. his teeth. So <laughs> he doesn't wake up. So he doesn't have a head anymore. <laughs> and he's alive. Uh, so you're full of rage. Yeah. Um, and I think what you do is you kind of like... You grab one of the barrels. You grab the pliers. You pull the tooth and then you slam the barrel down on him. So it feels like the barrel just <laughs> fell over. So it breaks his nose. He wakes up. He's like... Ah, ah, and there's blood everywhere. You pocket the tooth. Yeah. Um, and you're like, hey, man, are you okay? <laughs> and he's like, well, what happened? Hey, man, you should get like a gold tooth to replace like that gap in your mouth. And he feels around and he's like, oh, no, Goldie, how will I make fun new friends now? I need fun friends. Maybe yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, you should get it replaced. So he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out um, a sack that's jingling. He's like, do you think this is enough? And I say, can I see that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here you go. Uh. And I look inside and like, no, no, Bob, this is too much. And I take out, how many, how many coins are in there? Uh, let's say uh, five gold. Five gold. I take out three gold. And I'm like, this is all you need. And I give him the bag back. Oh, thanks. You're, you're a good, fun, new friend. And he wipes like a bloody hand. He like touches your shoulder inappropriately, but his hand's all bloody. So he just kind of smears blood down your sleeve. Like, fun, new friend. And then <laughs> passes out. Don't touch me, Bob. Uh, He's already and, <laughs> and, I, and, and I leave. Right. And I, I like, I'm done for the night. I go to bed. Okay. 
Yeah, so you all sleep in uh, in various <laughs> various states. Can both of you roll me a uh, a Constitution save, please? Four. Eighteen. Great. <clears throat> nice. So you wake up feeling just great. Today's going to be a great day, uh, and you know you 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 served your God properly. You know you can feel from the rumbling of your stomach that you probably had a very flatulent night. And that's nice. truly that is that is that is like painting, you know, the Sistine Chapel for you. You really you really did it up right. She's she is the goddess of joy, strength, and flatulence. And really, the the first two are just the third directly thing. related. Just to put the them third. together, Alan. You, however, um, the uh, the elven wine tends to come off kind of nicely. Uh, the swill does not, so you feel like garbage uh, <laughs> to the point that you are now poisoned uh, which means that you get disadvantage on oh. attack rolls and ability checks oh. until you take a long rest <laughs> what have I done I lean over I'm like badass Al <laughs> champion of Moonhammer. I knew you had it in you buddy well, what an experience what a night no regrets I was going to say just before we depart I'm going to circle I, I assume I woke up in the tavern yes Yes. All right, so I'm going to circle back to Fiddlesworth, our friend. I'll tell him, like, go ahead, I'll catch up with you in a second. And I go back to Fiddlesworth, and I, I'm assuming he's awake and working, so yep, I kind yep. of find him, and I just say, Fiddlesworth, I remember your to glory last night in the name of Moonhammer. And I appreciate the challenges that you face in this life. And I take out one of my two light hammers. And on the side of it, it has the, the symbol of Moonhammer carved. I mean, not like good. Like, I'm not a craftsman, so it looks like a children's drawing, like chiseled into the side of this light hammer. And I just say, this is for you. Pray to it in times of struggle and know that Moonhammer is here for you with joy, with strength, with flatulence to glory, my friend. Moonhammer be praised. He lets out the daintiest, butleriest fart you've ever heard and, <laughs> and takes the hammer. And like I give it potpourri. the biggest <laughs> laugh in my entire week. And then I head out and leave the hammer with him. So I'm down to one light hammer, but I've given it to a new convert. Very nice. So I joined them up. Uh, they yeah, joined well them on their journey through the gate. Great. L- light hammer, is that like a hammer of light? or is it's it like a hammer a, you can oh, throw. Just, oh, oh, okay. So weight-wise, it's light. Got it. It's, you know, for, for all of your um, ranged combat hammer needs, mm. you know. <laughs> He's a very hammer-based gentleman. <laughs> uh, I can't wait because it's going to happen at some point where I'm being chased by something or I come bursting in through a door or I come riding over the crest of a hill and I just get to shout out, Bottle! <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, I'm going to give you one point of inspiration for that. Oh, cool. Yeah. So the way inspiration works is uh, you can use it um, when you're making an attack roll, a saving roll, or an ability check, and it gives you advantage on the roll. So the idea there being um, as you role play and as you uh, sort of achieve certain things that uh, your character would like or want to accomplish, uh, I'll give you inspiration, and you can use that to basically rig dice in your favor. So when you're fighting the dragon you roll your one, it makes me more. Le- I get a better shot at that <clears throat> fantasy twenty world. Exactly right. <laughs> you're, you're putting extra, yep. in my case, holiness into holiness, it. Yes. Extra fart power behind yes, it. Yes, that's right. Some some uh, profound Put some questions. stank on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will from now on refer to my inspiration as stank. 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 I'm just gonna cross that out. Plus right. one stank. Plus one stank. Uh, excellent. So um, you all meet up at the south exit of uh, Neverwinter. It's a nice, uh, nice day. Uh, looks like it'll be good weather for traveling. Um, your wagon is all fully loaded up. Uh, one of uh, Gundren's many employees is just sort of waiting there with the wagon. Um, it's a large wagon that's going to be pulled by two ox. Um, someone will need to drive. I've traveled with the military for a while. My background plus uh, wisdom helps with animal handling. So I would say I'll handle that. Yeah. If you guys uh, are down with it. Go for it. That's a strong pitch. Yeah. Great. Okay. I will drive. Fantastic. Says Moonhammer, and he says me, and in the name of Moonhammer, yeah. I jump up. I think Quinny would probably want to keep a lookout anyway. So uh, you set out on the road. Um, it you estimate it's probably going to take you uh, about uh, two and a half days ride to uh, to make it to um, Fandolin. You're going to be heading south on the high road. So the first day, you find passes uh, fairly easily. You're still hungover, which is kind of rough. Uh, the sun's very bright, but, you know, moving is helping, and uh, so is the, uh, the, the companionship. Um, the cart is, is heavy. It's very weighed down with, you know, crowbars and pickaxes and all that sort of stuff. But it's pretty easy to handle, and the road is well kept. Uh, so you make it the first day without incident uh, and set up camp for the night. Uh, what do you want to do? Shall we set a watch over the course of the night? 
Yeah, I'll take first watch. I will go in the middle, for I worship the moon and the hammer in the goddess Moonhammer, so I will have the time with the most moon. And I, I, I immediately, uh, using my arcane focus, conjure an unseen servant mm. uh, to set up my camp for me because I'm still too hungover to do it myself. I like that uh, in wizardy terms you were basically like, Oh man, I'm too hungover to do anything, so I'm going to cast a complex <laughs> magic thing. <laughs> it's to a ritual. Me. No, spell. it makes it makes complete sense. It's easier than hammering pegs. Tents are a bitch to put up. I get it. Um, Alan, are you going to use the unseen servant to set up anyone else's tents, or just your own? Well, I mean, I don't I, have a tent, so I, yeah, actually, I don't have a tent either. I just have a bedroll. Okay, so <laughs> you summon an unseen servant to roll out your bedroll. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anyone else need anything set up? <laughs> no, I'm, okay? I'm actually fine. I am an expert bed roller, so I'm good. I got the first watch anyway, so it doesn't matter. Butthole, with your bed roll that you're rolling out, uh, do you Dutch oven yourself? <laughs> Only on the Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the goddess wills. You just let one rip and just will zip happen. yourself in? I, I need to keep my head exposed to the moon, but I hope to keep as much <laughs> of my holy flatulence trapped inside as oh, okay. I can okay. for both warmth and piety. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, just curious. Uh, Good I, I'm always happy to explain my faith, Quinny. <laughs> maybe one day you'll find the goddess Moonhammer within yourself. Maybe one day That's a hard it'll maybe. be our faith. That's a better version of my line. Immediate rewrite <laughs> to what he said. Yep. Uh, cool. So, um, Quinny, the, uh, the first watch passes without incident. Uh, you wake up Butthole, uh, butthole, during your watch, um, there is a strong gust of cold wind that blows across the camp. There goes all your fart, all your farts. God damn it. I was saving those. Uh, do, I, do I find something ominous about the wind, or is it just... I mean, it's the middle of the night, and there's a gust of wind. So take that for what you will. Uh, I'm, I'm cool with it. <laughs> You all wake up murdered. In the end. <laughs> no, I mean a gust of wind because I mean I'm up, right? So I'm yep. I'm the yep. one. No, gotta... uh, you you absolutely. So I, I would say that'd be one of those where I would do like a quick patrol of the area we're sleeping in, but I'd keep everybody in the I carriage mean, within sight. Yeah, it's it, it, you're you're certainly out in the elements. It's not there's you don't sense anything ominous. It's just there was a gust of wind. I also then turn to myself in the corner and go, "Son of a bitch! There are three of us, and we only set up two of us doing the watch." Alan, <laughs> you crafty bastard. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I guess he's hungover and sort of new, so. She. she. keep referring to Alan as a he. Yeah. Whoa, 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 who are you, Carmine? Come <laughs> on. I, <laughs> hey, I'm the only one there, uh, so yeah, actually, nobody's correcting me. Yeah. I can learn that half-elves can be girls later. <laughs> we consciously decided not to correct you when you were speaking in Dwarven. Yeah. <laughs> like, Alan was a he, we're like, well, we can't correct him on it. And we just realized now you're alone, so we actually can't yeah, correct no, you on it. <laughs> I'm going to stick to it because that's what Butthole thinks. All half-elves are boys. It's like cats are girls and dogs are boys. <laughs> well, that is what TV and film have taught me. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and do they you know what? Lie. Moonhammer's faith is pretty simple, so he's got to get some additional stuff in there to help make it real world, you know? Great. Yeah, yeah, legit. So, he, he goes back to watching. Cool. Uh, so the night passes uneventfully. Uh, you wake up. Alan, you feel much refreshed having not taken a watch. Uh, you're now no longer poisoned. Yes. Your hangover Good has... morning, everyone. ...has subsided. Good morning. All right, <laughs> back, back on the road. It's very resentful. Yep. Uh, well, it's kind of my thing. <laughs> uh, butthole, you're still driving, driving the wagon? Yep. Great. Uh, so second day, uh, similar to the first... Fairly uneventful. Um, you eventually reach uh, the uh, turnoff. Uh, you're going to take the Tribor Pass to, uh, to or sorry, Tribor Trail um, to reach Fandalin. Uh, you're coming off the main road now, so things are a little rougher. Uh, it's a little harder to maneuver the wagon. You're heading along. Uh, you've been going along the Tribor Trail for about half a day. Um, but then as you come around a bend, you spot two dead horses sprawled about 50 feet ahead of you, blocking the path. Each has several black feathered arrows sticking out of it. The woods press close to the trail here with a steep embankment and dense thickets on either side. You get the sense it's kind of like a, a uh, choke point. Our horses can reverse, correct? Like a car, well, they're, just they're, like they're back the hell up. Oxen. oxen, great. Yeah, no, I'm backing them the hell up, and I turn to the rest of the crew. I'm assuming I see this first because I'm the one driving around the corner. Well, I'm, I'm still up on the cart with you. Oh, like, great. I'm, I'm like, because I'm small, so I'm like just riding with the cargo. So we simultaneously react. I immediately start reversing back around the corner, and I yell. We're about, or I don't yell, but I say... Pretty calmly, but uh, I'm like, when Amber says we're about to get ambushed. Butthole, are you cool with me just kind of like, if we've, if we've got trouble up ahead, are you cool with me like announcing our presence? I, I give uh, 
Quinny, one of those, like, hold up a finger for, like, just a second, and I close my eyes, and I just pray under my breath for, like, a solid five seconds. And then I look to him and says, (laughs) yep, yep, (laughs) farting and praying, farting and praying simultaneously. Uh, And I turn back to Quinny, and I say, Moonhammer suggests I go announce myself, and though she doesn't believe in stereotyping people, it seems like you might be sneakier than me. Maybe you go see if you can spot somebody in the woods while I announce to either distract them if they're evil or convert them if they're good. Tom, can I teach him some really quick phrases in Thieves' Cant? Sure. Okay, so a quick breakdown is Thieves' Cant is like a secret language that people like of not-so-great repute uh, use to kind of secretly communicate with each other. You can leave like symbols and stuff like that. that like no the else... hobo code. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the boxcar jumping hobo code. <laughs> Wonderful. I give him the thieves can't equivalent of let us pass through. We are, we carry nothing of value. We're, 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 we're a band of bandits ourselves. Nice. How do I say that? You got to tell me because I can go repeat it. It's just beatboxing, man. It's just. (laughs) That's the first part. Okay. I need you. I need to hear you. So I know you got it. (laughs) Oh, you might get us killed. (laughs) Listen, I'm doing my best. Okay, clearly I'm not good at th- Do you have like a hand gesture? <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, try this phrase instead. Uh, just say basically, guys, we're bandits. Oh, okay. You know, Thief Scan isn't that hard. <laughs> I mean, the beatboxing's rough, but sometimes it's pretty clear. I'm going to stay with the cart just as a backup yeah, guarding everything. Because right now you're going forward, butthole. And uh, Quinny, you're going I'm through gonna the sneak, around, gonna sneak yeah. around through the trees. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to stay with the cart just to make sure that no one... Uh, gets around to it. Alan and Quinny, can you guys roll me a stealth check, please? Oh, can I ever? Uh, but you can roll it with advantage because Butthole's <laughs> going to be making such a commotion. 17. 17. Great. Sorry, I'm a sneaky stealth, little right? guy. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so I have 18. I, I walk around the corner, shield, warhammer, I got my scale mail on, I'm looking like a badass, uh, and I just, I yell, we are bandits! Hello! <laughs> I'm also a cleric! Have you heard of the god Moonhammer? <laughs> I use thaumaturgy, so my voice is like five times as loud as normal. So and I got me, glowing um, red eyes. Roll me a persuasion check, please. Unless you want to be an intimidate. Nah, I'm a friendly guy. I don't. I, these these. I mean, worse gamble. These guys aren't even bandits. And now I'm just like scary. <laughs> We're like best case scenario. You're just yelling at two dead horses. Seventeen, but added to twenty. Nice. From the uh, from the thick of yours, I'm like, what do we? Oh shit. Okay. Um. Um. We should. Uh, We're. We, we, we're not here. That's Thieves Kent. <laughs> okay. Uh, is it cool if we move your horses? <laughs> just, just tell them. Just, no, just, just shut up. Shut up. Just tell them. Tell them thing. They're, they're not our horses. You, you, you can move them if you want. Okay. So, I mean, I, I just go over and I start dragging the horses out of the way. Yeah. Am I picking up on where this whispering's coming from as I stealthily move through um, the woods? Yeah, yeah. So you, you can you can hear it's a, it's a, a, let's say, I don't know, a few feet ahead of you. Uh, you're getting close. Uh, you can see two goblins crouching um, with bows who both look very concerned. Concerned? Are those like, bows drawn or are they? Uh, they? You get the sense they, they like, you know, they've got them at the ready. Yeah. Um, from what you can tell, it's not like they were waiting specifically for you guys to show up. Yeah. They heard the cart coming, so they were getting ready. Mm. Um, but now they seem very concerned and kind of afraid. I think I'm going to try and take advantage of their cowardice and maybe take out a couple of these guys and get a surrender out of anyone else. I mean, I can't, I can't discuss that with you because I'm hiding no, in no. the woods. But <laughs> this is entire. I, I am literally just dragging horses out of the way right now yeah. while still lit up, looking like a badass. Um, you notice uh, that the heraldry on one of them matches what Sildar was wearing. And you can see that the other one looks like it was rigged up with... Uh, you, you can tell that this is probably Gundren and Sildar's so, horses. I just sigh and I turn back to the woods and I say, Moonhammer, damn it. Did you guys like find a dwarf and a dude in crappy fancy armor? So the two goblins like from your perspective, stare at each other. Meanwhile, um, you don't know what's going on with the goblins, but um, that piques your interest because you remember Sildar was wearing fancy crappy armor. Mm-hmm. So the two goblins kind of stare at each other, stare back at the road, stare at each other, and then they start muttering in goblin to each other again. Wait, waiting for an answer! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sneak up behind these guys with the intention of running them through. Hard enough to also push them out into the clear. Do you know what? I, I'm sensing that it, it, it kind of sounds like 
because the voices are only, we're only hearing sounds coming from one place. I'm guessing there probably isn't anyone else on the other side of the woods. So I'm going to run over uh, to where, to where the voices came from. All right. If I pick up on that, I'm just going to pick one. They're, they're very much focused on each other Mm -hmm. and him. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're not really paying attention to you. Right. You get the sense if they weren't arguing, they would probably hear her coming. Right. Um, But because you're in like quiet listening mode, you you can hear her. Okay. So so you you successfully sort of start coming up. What do you do? Uh, I'll take the one uh, furthest from Alan so she doesn't have to cross as much distance. Okay. Great. I'm going to run up behind him and give him a stab in the back. Okay. So uh, you begin to creep up. And again, the goblins are very panicky, Mm -hmm. very distracted. Um, you're making your way through the woods. Um, you're very excited. This is perhaps your first combat action. Oh, it totally uh, is. <laughs> so this is pretty thrilling. Um, and uh, Butthole, you're still standing there kind I'm, of frustratedly. staring into the woods, holding my Warhammer one hand, my arm out the other, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and as you say that, out of nowhere, a bolt strikes you in the back for five points of damage. Son of a oh, bitch. <laughs> Roll for initiative, motherfuckers. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and RDM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at DelBorovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser. And our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. It's the last days of summer, 1920. Do you know where your children are? They should be playing outside. Come on, Chelsea. Mima says we're not allowed to go to this house. We're not even supposed to be on this side of town. Doing their chores. Why aren't these chicken coops clean? Please, Father. I'll be good. I'll be- ah! Oh, God! Obeying their parents. You look me right in the eyes and tell me you didn't steal this bike. Ma, no, I've been helping Mr. Diamond, all right? Lord, don't tell me my son is working at a speakeasy. Exploring their feelings. Let's go over to the apple tree. Gosh, (laughs) okay. But unfortunately for these young fools, the neighborhood bully has other plans. Tonight, you are going to meet me out in front of the old Barnaker house. Howling house? Why? (laughs) Now, a Boy Scout, a tag-along, a doormat, and a delinquent will dare to spend the night in the most haunted estate in Arkham. Will they survive to see the sunrise? Or will they succumb to the hunger of Howling House? You're going to die tonight. What is that thing? Is this, this the witch's library? I'm gonna kill you! Not tonight! Roger, make him stop! No! You watch! Run away, little ones. Oh, yeah. I'm so hungry. Listen to the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program's award-winning season, Night at Howling House. The complete story, available everywhere you listen to podcasts, and at CthulhuMystery.com. All the, all the outs and free, all the outs and free. <laughs>